0: fuck around they They really don't don't. it's not they're not known for not fucking around that's for sure
1: can i
2: see this cat pillow please (laughs) holy shit is this your cat
0: it's not my cat (laughs) it's her own cat she brought us a pillow of her cat (laughs) (laughs) Georgia gave it back Uh, sorry i guess we rejected that gift i thought i didn't think
2: I thought it was an emotional support cat pillow. <laughs> it's so big. Is that what it is? Yeah. This is truly what I want to start bringing on planes just to freak fucking everyone out. A big stuffed cat? Uh-huh. You know when you're on Southwest and they have to choose a seat and they're like, oh shit, not the woman with the fucking cat pillow.
0: <laughs> and I put That's it in a seat know, yeah? and I'm like, my cat's sitting here. You're petting it? Yeah. JoJo doesn't want you to sit in the middle seat. <laughs> little Jojo. 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 I had to name that cat so fast on stage in front of all of you, and I did it. Professional. Thank you. It's just, I picked the same name and said it twice. It's not that big of a deal, actually, if you break it down creatively. Eric, Eric. (laughs) My cat, Eric, Eric, doesn't want you to sit here.
2: (laughs) Two names, Beth. Just two names. 20 years of, this is what, 20 years of comedy.
0: Yeah. We'll get you. Double Up. And go for it. That's what I say. That's all comedy. It's funny. You guys, this theater's humongous. It's crazy. Like, you
2: didn't build it? It's not haunted, then. I mean, I will cry. Then what are you even doing? Then how do I? I was changing in like this big, uh, like vintage, gorgeous, ornate um, changing area, and the sink had like it had like powdered soap. It's like really old timey, very very old fashioned. And I was really hoping some goat, like perverted ghost, was watching me
0: (laughs) change. (laughs) She's like in a bridal gown, but she's also like ooh underpants. Mm-hmm. Oh, old, new-fashioned underpants. Oh, those are so much smaller than the ones I have on. <laughs> that go from my neck to my ankles. <laughs> Here, can I ask a question about this idea? Why did I need her to be a bride in a theater? It <laughs> doesn't make sense at all. No. No?
2: I have a production of a... Name a play that's
0: got... Uh, a- the Bride Who Died. <laughs> that, oh, that's... You know that famous play. Why the Bride I, Who Died. The Bride Who Died, comma... The Bride Who Died.
2: (laughs) By Eric Eric. By Eric Eric. Great playwright.
0: Jojo. Jojo. Guys, welcome. This is my favorite murder. (laughs) Right? Thank you. This is Karen Kilgareff. This is Georgia (laughs) Start.
2: Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. We're so excited. We haven't even been in Oakland since our first tour. That's right. Am I making that up? You were there.
0: Yeah. I know. It's been a while. It doesn't make sense because we actually like it here. I know. (laughs) Stephen, cut that, please. (laughs) You know, all those other cities, like, no, Stephen's... He's not here. He's not here. No. No. He's, he a, actually, he's not real, actually. I know. Tonight's the night you find out. Yeah. He's a ghost bride. He's a, a ghost bride. This whole that time. That edits our, records and edits our show. He doesn't
2: understand modern underwear. <laughs> it's real weird. <laughs> it's kind of weird, actually. It is. Last night, speaking of cities, we were in Sacramento. <laughs> Good segue. <laughs> speaking of subjects... You know how we like to talk about things. Nouns, yes. places. Yep. Um, Yeah. Guys, it was Sacramento.
0: Do we tell them? But. Do we break it to them? Paul Holes was there. Yeah, Paul Holes was there. Sorry. I know.
2: When your friend was like, I don't know drive two hours. Let's just see them in Oakland. Yep, yeah, that was I'll, you. Let's stay in
0: Vallejo. That's you. Or whatever, I don't know. I just picked a day. I live in the Bay Area. I'm better than Sacramento. No, you're fucking not. <laughs> we owe them an apology. We've never talked shit on Oakland. <laughs> Till tonight. <Yeah. laughs> Till tonight. We do it to you. <laughs> uh, yeah, I had to do a lot to make up uh, to Sacramento for because I've just been consistently talking shit about that city since 1990. <laughs> And they weren't stoked about it. So I gave them a little, here, shut up, gift. That's what I call it. Shut up now, gift.
2: It was a, we gotta say whatever we want now, (laughs) gift.
0: Because this guy solved the Golden State Killer case, (laughs) Yeah, it was pretty cool. It was pretty rad. Yeah. Oh, my niece Nora's here tonight.
1: Yeah. (laughs)
0: So don't say we never gave you anything.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah! <laughs> oh, that was so cute. Yes. yes. That's right. Perfectly
2: done. Performance. <laughs> it runs in the family, ladies and gentlemen. We can't
0: stay off the stage. But Kilgarib, oh talent is just... Here's what I love. Backstage, I was like, hey, do you want to you come out on stage? Do you want to see what it's like? And she was like, no, 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 no. I go, you can just like, it's, it'll be fun. You can do like a cartwheel or something. She's like, I don't know. I have to practice. Because <laughs> I was like, how funny would it be if
2: she accidentally broke her wrist? <laughs> Not funny, funny, Not funny but like funny. of all the things.
0: Weird like- funny. You know, ironically, like, funny. Not that funny. I'd sign her cast. But I thought we were going to have to like tee it up and then sure. beg her to come out. It seemed like it was going to be a problem, and she came without just when she heard her name. I bet my sister was standing backstage going, "Go now and smile. Act like you like it." <laughs> oh, your sister just becomes
2: a nightmare, mom, all of a sudden. She's she's there.
0: <laughs> um, do you want to show them? Oh. This is a picture that I showed in Sacramento last night is my way of explaining why I hate it so much, but then I thought you guys might want to see it too because it's fun.
1: Yeah. Do you blame her? Look at, at what us. what I to her. 1988
0: slash nine. I don't like it here. It's too hot. <laughs> That face. I mean, you're fucking you're
2: you're Kelly Bundy. Thank you. Oh. You're like truly like that's I wanted to be Kelly Bundy. <laughs> so bad and you're just like
0: effortlessly. Well, do you mean cuz of the rage? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Kelly Bundy in the biggest t-shirt she can find. A. <laughs> hey. I just love that I was clearly that looks like a solid three hours of makeup yeah. just to stand in a dorm, room, a dorm room with, like, fucking Coors Light bottles all around me. It's like, <laughs> and what scowl. was the effort for? And then an effort, too, and then being angry that you're there. That's right. I get ready to then act like I want to leave. That was my whole <laughs> kind of... My whole approach. Mm. And that's my friend Patty Riley, who, who, uh, I went to college with. The reason I went to Sac State is because Patty Riley was going to Sac State and she goes, Hey, um, will you go to Sac State with me? And I was like, All right, that sounds good. <laughs> and then that was my roommate, Shelly Wilson, who just, we, you know, got paired together randomly oh. because I didn't turn the paperwork in in time to be Patty Riley's roommate. It's a <laughs> long and very typical um. story. So Shelly was from Modesto, and she was, like, Reba McIntyre's number one fan. And here I come with my Echo in the Bunnymen poster, like, let's get modern. We had fun. It was good. Oh,
2: Did she, she looks like someone you gave her first cigarette to. <laughs> Which I'm not talking shit. I have plenty of those friends in my fucking wake. She,
0: well, she partied, but... She just wanted to get in there and get her business degree and get the fuck out. <laughs> like most people at Sac State. That's oh, for her. Whereas I was trying to develop a create, a body of creative work.
2: <laughs> Stuff to tell stories about later. <laughs> That's right. On stage in Oakland, <laughs> for example.
0: Right? What we love is that maybe some of you were like born in the 80s and you don't know that back then, they were no, all born in the nineties. What? They were all born in the nineties. Really? Yeah. yeah. And they're here. They got in. They're old
2: enough to like vote. What? Vote, everyone. Oh, please vote.
1: Uh, yeah.
0: Wait. For good people. <laughs> no one's saying that part of the vote message. Please don't vote for fucking Nazi douchebags. Yeah. Uh, just, just now. Just right now. You know. Just at the moment. Ooh, you can do you? what you want later. I forgot what else. Oh, say. oh! Yeah. This is I have one other picture to show you. Okay, because I'm calling this my um my tour food diary. Because. <laughs> Sometimes I make good decisions when I'm in a hotel room by myself at 1.30 in the morning going, shoot, I didn't eat dinner.
2: It gets really weird, you guys, the stuff we eat. And if we order food before they... Like, we'll order food and it'll be ready and we'll take it back to the hotel. And then we'll make good decisions because we're not, like, starving in the moment.
0: Yeah. So I'm like, oh, Caesar salad, no dressing. Thank you. You can can keep the croutons for yourself because I don't do bread. (laughs) Shit like that. But... If, you're, if it's 1.30 in the morning and you realize, oh shit, this this hotel has an all-night menu, uh-huh. which I didn't realize I bolted out of bed and I was like, let's do this thing. What the fuck, it? <laughs> it's mac and cheese off the children's no, we menu. we know what it is. Oh, you do? So you're recognizing that those are goldfish on oh top. Oh my god. Children's goldfish
2: come on it? Or did you just open the mini bar and dump whatever came out? No, no, no. Oh, it was like that. The chef made it that way. Holy shit. I think the
0: word chef is a little bit, (laughs) you're giving him a... Guy Theory got a job in Sacramento (laughs) and he bammed the shit out of that mac and cheese, you guys. Oh my God. It looks terrible. Was it amazing though? It was amazing.
2: (laughs) I bet it was. Like truthfully, I bet it was, right? Good? It was. It was amazing.
0: I, listen, I took the lid off and I started laughing. <laughs> I put the lid back on like, <laughs> I'm an adult. And then I walked like four feet away and then I was like, you know what? And I sat, I pulled my chair up to the tray Ooh. Ooh. that was on like the weird desk and I ate directly under the TV so I couldn't even see it. I was just like, <laughs> let's focus and let's get this okay. done. And let's try to grow out <laughs> of this dress before the tourism. <laughs> what am I doing? It's not a good idea. Anyway, get the children's mac and cheese at the Sacramento whatever, whatever.
1: Where
2: were we? I have no idea. I don't know. I don't know Sacramento.
0: I don't either. Um. <laughs> Blocked out. <clears throat> Do you want to um, talk about your Halloween dress? Your Halloween
2: on? dress. You guys can't tell. There's little um, skulls and crossbones on it. <laughs> and a nice big hole right here. Yeah. For your, for your Kleenex and your loose chains. It's my new pocket.
0: Yeah. Where's my Kleenex? There we go. Okay. Yeah, just stuff it in there. <laughs> right? Absolutely. Now you're free to gesture wildly <laughs> while
2: you oh, tell a story. I was so encumbered earlier with my tissue. Yeah. Ugh. Not
0: anymore. Merely. Uh, yeah. yeah. What about you? Encumbered. Freedom. Freedom. Oh, this old thing? I just have pockets. That's all. <laughs> what <laughs> that doesn't look weird at all <laughs> what microphone I don't know what you're talking about this, this these pockets almost go through to like a full pouch Ooh. like a kangaroo I, I think I'm going to email Land's End and let them know that that's what they should be doing keep your extra goldfish crackers in there and share. Yeah. or just hold your own hand whatever you need, <laughs> in your dress if you're feeling weird <laughs> Should we sit down? Should we? Yeah. Okay. Oh, thank you, thank you
2: so much. <laughs> Last night, uh, bless Sacramento's heart, they <laughs> they didn't. I don't. You guys, this is a cocktail table. That's what this means. <laughs> Someone didn't know what that meant, and we had the cutest little tiny chairs. It was very cute. It
0: looked like it was um, kids' furniture from Pottery Barn. Uh-huh. You know, and they're like, we're going to make furniture that looks real for children yeah. so they feel like human beings.
2: And so their parents spend a lot of money. Yeah.
0: It was that with a black uh, tablecloth over the top, and we're just like, yeah, we can't sit at that. <laughs> They'll laugh at us for the wrong reason. <laughs> uh, this is a true crime
2: comedy podcast. Yes.
0: Have you heard? <laughs> We're breaking all the rules and combining true crime and comedy. Um, and that can be difficult sometimes for people, especially those of you who have never heard this podcast. You have no idea what's going on right now. Bashers. You're We're like, is there always a 12 year old that does a cartwheel? What's happening? <laughs> <laughs> Should she be listening to that cursing? <laughs> Doesn't this seem wrong? So anyway. Uh, if you've never heard this podcast before, you don't know us, you don't know how we do it. It might be hard to, um, I I hate that. Um, She's a drag along. I mean, I'm really, I'm mid monologue, right? (laughs) now. Trying to be serious about how hard it can be for people sometimes to hold two complex ideas simultaneously or let somebody else do it for them. It's a control issue. Sometimes it's a, cultural issue it's a bit about the patriarchy whatever comes into mind sometimes people hear that we might be conversationally joking but also talking about horrible human loss and they get offended by that idea they don't like it and they think it's wrong and so for those people we honestly just want to
1: say get the fuck out right
0: now <laughs> it's important
1: like we'd rather you just take a
0: nap you can you can just take a nap we can't see your face (laughs) if you just took a nap right now it'd be fine or if you're really offended you could actually turn your phone flashlight on hold it over your face and make sure we know how mad you are sure (laughs) or how sleeping you are
2: that's fine too did you bring your cat pillow because you're going to need it for your nap. (laughs) yeah this is a very this is a cat pillow situation yeah As someone who can fucking take a nap anytime, anywhere, I'm going to, this cat pillow is a game changer for me. There was a woman in the uh, meet and greet last night who changed my life a little when she handed me this bag and said, I work for... I have a company called Adventure Cats. And I was like, well, what the What's fuck is that? that? And she was like, I train people how to, how to safely take their cats out into the world. And here's some supplies. And I was like, I, I, I was about to leave. And just go home. <laughs> and go into the world. And go find, go get my cats and be like, it's adventure time. <laughs> Elvis, Mimi, Dot, hop into our wagon. We're going to go live our, Vince too. We're going to go live our.
0: <laughs> he's invited. He's invited. God, I miss that lady altogether Are you sure she was really there? I don't know She was really just telling
2: me some crazy Some story about her job And I was like, adventure cats and just made <laughs> shit up of what I wanted
0: to hear She's like, I'm a nurse Adventure cats? <laughs> what? No You're training cats to do what, you say? <laughs> I deliver, deliver babies, babies.
1: <laughs> Yeah,
0: yes That's a good sign for comedy. Our baby jokes are synced. It's our periods. (laughs) This is the comedy version of The Red Tent. We're all on the same cycle of comedy. Cheer for menstruation. <laughs> menstruation. It's a part of life.
2: Uh, <laughs> Nora, get out here. <laughs> let's tell us. Let's tell Nora about her period. Oh, she's gone she now, by like... the way. So she's not, I mean, truly, she, her, once we sat down, sweet Laura was like, let's get her out of here. Yeah, she shipped so, her out. I can be myself now. You I can, almost had you a panic
0: attack. F and S it all over the place. Nice. Good action
2: on that. She really is not listening anymore. So don't worry. We're not that terrible of people well, well my nephew who's eight once I was in the car with him and he was like I want to listen to your podcast and I was like okay you can listen to the beginning but not the murder part and immediately I'm like fucking cut!" I'm like never
1: mind sorry shit don't tell you
0: your sins it is really funny when it, like a bunch of my relatives came last night a bunch of my relatives are coming tomorrow and they always like especially the ones that are like my aunt's and and stuff they're always like congratulations <laughs> They had no fucking clue what to say. They're just like, well, we, we thought you, we explained to you this wasn't allowed. That was colorful.
2: Well. At least it wasn't my dad in New York when we did the beacon. Like, the beacon theater is a big fucking deal. And my, I flew my dad out to New York, and I put him up in a hotel, and I'm like, you'll finally be proud of me. And afterwards, he comes backstage, and what does he say? He comes
0: to the dressing room and goes, that was cute. And I was like, Get out. I don't care if you're her father, get the fuck out of here. Well, that was cute. No, it was not cute (laughs) in any way. There's nothing cute about it. That's completely the wrong adjective.
2: And that's why I keep trying to get his approval. Yeah. No, it's fine. (laughs) Some people get so upset. (laughs) His name is absolutely
1: Marty, that's correct. Marty! Uh. Visit
0: MadeInCookware.com
1: That's M-A-D-E-I-N Cookware.com Goodbye Who goes first tonight? I believe it's you Okay,
2: great I'll do it too. Let's kick it off And I'll do it It's time Guys <laughs> Tonight, I'm gonna do Suspects of the Zodiac Whoa
1: killer. Yes My I know,
2: right? Because mm-hmm. we all know it's like such a fucking bummer story, and he's like not caught, so it like just sucks, right? <laughs> it's not fun. But so I'm doing a few of oh, I think are the top suspects. It'll be great. Well, I'll be here for it. Great.
0: <laughs> <laughs> they, did you hear them clapping? Yeah, they were, I was like trying to it. sell it. So. I know. They're fine with okay, it. Okay, great. Oh, I'm with you. So? Okay. Here we are. Picture,
2: if you will. Let's do a little overview first. Okay. You guys know him. The Zodiac Killer has been linked to five murder, was linked to five murders in a 10 month spree between December of 1968 and October of 1969. That's a quick fucking period. Yeah, he got it Um, done. But it's suspected he could have been responsible for dozens more and he claimed 37 murders in letters that he wrote to the newspapers. You know, we've all seen Zodiac. Beautiful
0: movie. Uh, gorgeous let's oh. watch it right now if you get a chance wouldn't that be amazing yeah. and we're like you know we're I- not going to tell you the story we're, we're going to go want- and let, ahead and let the finch tell you the story
2: cinematic <laughs> and then we're going to talk over it the whole time <laughs> So the first murder that's attributed to the Zodiac took place on the night of December 20th, 1968, when 17-year-old David Faraday and his, and 16-year-old, uh, Betty Lou Jensen were shot to death near their car in a remote spot in Lake Herman Road on the outskirts of Vallejo, California. Nuh-uh. <laughs> Nobody lives there. <laughs> I might need some help with names, by the way. Uh, at the time, police were unable to determine the motive for the crime or a suspect. They were fucking, they had no idea. The next murder attributed to the Zodiac took place early in the morning of July 5th, 1969, when Darlene Farron, who was 22, and her boyfriend, Mike Maggio, Maggio. 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 Thank you. 19. I didn't really say anything. Totally meant to look that up. But, this ponytail. It looks took French, time. so I think you did it right. Thank you. Okay. They were sitting in a parked car in a remote uh, Vallejo location of Blue Rock Springs Park. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they are approached with a man with a flashlight. The figure fired multiple shots at them, killing Farron and seriously wounding Maggio. Then on July 5th, 1969, at 12.40 a.m., a man phones the Vallejo police that same night. I should have just said that. <laughs> that we'll edit as we go. Okay, early that morning. So then the guy fucking gets on the horn, and he's like... Uh, the Vallejo Police Department calls him, reports and claims responsibility for the attack. And he takes credits for the murder of Jensen and Faraday six and a half months earlier. So this is like their first break in the case. The police trace the call to a phone booth at a gas station at Springs Road and to Lom... to Lomany... I had no idea Tulum, what she was saying. Into another road about three-tenths of a mile from Farron's, <laughs> from their home, and only a few blocks from the Vallejo Department. But there's nobody there once they get there. Uh, Maggio describes his attacker as 26 to 30 years old, 195 to 200 pounds, possibly more, about 5'8", white male, with short, light brown, curly hair. Then on the evening of September 27, 1969, Cecilia Shepard and Brian Hartnell are chilling out on the shore of Lake Berryessa. Yeah. Thank you.
0: Oh my God. Remember when we partied there? <laughs> Cheese sandwiches. and oh, was it so much fun. Said so that guy had that
2: boat. <laughs> That's in Napa County when a man scrape grapes. Uh-huh. Wine. You guys have wine. I love wine. Uh <laughs> bup, 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 bup. a man about 5'11", weighing more than 170 pounds, with combed greasy brown hair, approaches them. He's wearing oh God, this is like the scariest part of this fucking movie. He's wearing a black executioner's type hood with clip-on sunglasses over the eye holes. Oh. I didn't know that part. I, uh, well, Wikipedia is... No, but I mean,
0: I'm not doubting it. I am, I am <laughs> <I'm>, now. <laughs> um, oh, I went in there and thought I would lighten it up a little bit. No, <laughs> that's that part in the movie because it's daytime, yeah. right? And then suddenly they're like, why is that man approaching us? Why is the man, oh, with a hood on? With an
2: executioner's style hood on. This is not going to be chill. Clip on sunglasses. That's even scarier. I hope they left that part in the movie. Uh, and a bib-like device on his chest that had a white three-by-three cross-circle symbol on it. He tied them up and brutally stabbed them, and then scrawled a message for police on the car door before leaving that like, said what dates he had done the other killings, like, showing that he was involved. Um, Shepard died of her wound shortly after, but Brian survived. Two weeks later, on October 11, 1969, the Zodiac shot Twenty-nine-year-old taxi driver Paul Stein in San Francisco's Presidio Heights neighborhood. Uh, The it's really expensive. Nobody is from there.
0: (laughs) Not a single person. you're so right. Nobody fucking cheered for Pacific Heights. You guys can't pay nine thousand dollars a month for rent. Oh, I've got my North Face jacket. I can live anywhere I want. Congratulations. (laughs) I made up an app. I sell apps. I made up an app. (laughs) You know that app that does that thing? It's the app that teaches you what North Face jacket you should buy for yourself. Congratulations. Great. Go Good. have fun in the Presidio. Good. It's kind of boring.
2: <laughs> I don't know, actually. No. I don't think I ever hung out there when I lived here. The... It says the girl lived in, like, the sunset, which is, like, the saddest. <laughs>
0: the... Sorry. Saddest best. Scorched. The saddest best. <laughs> saddest most fun.
3: <laughs> Taking that out is...
0: terrible. The sunset is where you go to, like, write your poetry and look at fog. Yeah. That's when you where you go to be like I'm lightly depressed, but let's really get into this thing and see. Let's <laughs> yeah. explore this depression yeah. in a real way. <sighs> okay, <laughs> and suddenly I'm having this flashback I of my actual
2: depression. Come back! No, no come
0: back! <laughs> we have like this like early show to 2000s. do. <laughs> oh, that was real.
2: Okay, but uh, but but okay. So in the Presidio neighborhood, the murder was initially deemed a robbery until the San Francisco Chronicle received a letter claiming. From
0: the zodiac saying, "Yo, I did it." Great part of the movie because they followed the letter from oh, the right. mail basket all the way into <laughs> the <laughs> editor's <laughs> office. <laughs> Is that no, the music that's the I... Wizard of Oz. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a different no. movie. Okay, close though. It's similar. It's like the letters riding a bicycle and coming to take her <laughs> their dog away, right. but emotionally, psychologically. Yeah, yeah.
2: At least five other murders have been tentatively linked to the Zodiac Killer, including the 1963 shooting of Robert Dominguez and Linda Edwards near Santa Barbara, California, and the 1966 stabbing death of college student Sherry Jo Bates in Riverside, California. Um, over the years, Zodiac, there's these, you guys, these people are... It's like they're, you know, really into true crime or something. (laughs) Oh my god, so weird! I know, but they're like obsessed with Zodiac, and they've suggested dozens of possible suspects based on all this crazy speculation, circumstantial evidence. A lot of conspiracy theorists think that the Unabomber, Ted Kaczynski, was. I don't think so. BTK, and some people think a guy from Charles Manson family is. No way. So there's like. There's, everyone has like 10 of the best suspects and like only a couple of them make sense and the other ones are like he, they think it's him because he lived near the area at the time and he kind of looks like the sketch and it's just like loose so here's the sketch the sketch that looks you know. like no one oh yeah. yes
0: my neighbor Right. what? <laughs> Oh. I
2: feel like what's so great about, like, with the Golden State Killer being caught and the fact that he looks nothing like any of the composites, like, kind of here and kind of there, and he changed his look so many times, probably on purpose, right. that you just can't rely on that anymore, that he doesn't look like the sketch or does look like the sketch.
0: Well, I bet you that no matter what, that that guy doesn't have army-issue black frame glasses anymore, <laughs> just because those were, I think, required in, like, yeah. 1965 right. and... Maybe the buzz cut's not there anymore. Yeah, maybe some more wrinkles around the eyes. And maybe he has some sort of defining features, like maybe a human being was. A
2: single one.
0: Just a mole. Maybe a mole. And he's not doesn't he look like, Yeah. what's that smell? Did you empty the garbage? That's what he's doing there. Yeah. Fuck Who's him. Who's supposed to empty the garbage? Dick. God damn that dick. Shut up. <laughs> Okay.
2: So I'm doing like my three that I'm like, these I think these are the most make the most sense.
0: You think they're all the zodiac. I think they're all the
2: zodiac. And there is and I there is okay, here we go. Hmm? Look. Listen. Listen. Right. I was (laughs) swallowing, sorry. Sorry. (laughs) Guys. So this dude, Richard Gaikowski he was a civil rights activist and newspaper journalist and filmmaker born in waterton south dakota in march of 1936 so this guy he's like he's like a punk rocker from the 60s like before that was a punk rock thing okay he was a member of this anti-police pro-violence counterculture newspaper in san francisco called good times (laughs) (laughs) that's not punk everyone it's so they could get it past the the cops right. I think let's see what do we what did <laughs> so this, is, this is he oh wait a
0: second no his nose is too big right he has uh, defining features so he has defining can't features be him. and a big inhaling nose yeah so
2: this dude, Richard Gaikowski, So from 1969. Okay, blah blah blah. Good Times. Good Times is a newspaper that runs violent works of fiction, and they're, the, some of them are nearly a blueprint for the Zodiac's future crimes. Um, also, so here's some things that tie him to the case. So Wednesdays was production day for the for Good Times, which is a weekly newspaper. <laughs> I'm sorry, but now that it's sitting with me,
0: I kind of love the title, Good Times. It's
2: <laughs> just some person, like some grandma I was like walking down the street and, oh, this newspaper looks fun. And yeah. it's like, kill the people. Please. Why? No. What's happening? I don't like that. Um, so th- it's their production day is Wednesday. So Wednesdays are bananas and super busy and no one has time. And he's like the main
0: guy there. <laughs> and there's knives everywhere. It's crazy. <laughs> and, and he keeps screaming,
2: it. I'm the Zodiac.
0: <laughs> Which wastes so much time when you're <laughs> right. trying to make a newspaper about <laughs> right. violence.
2: So between, between 19, his first letter in July of 1969 until the, until when good times folded in, uh, 1973, the Zodiac mailed 15 letters. He, on every single day of the week except for Wednesday. I think that's cool. And I can tell that it sounds kind of stupid too. No, isn't that interesting? Well, it just makes sense. Right. He can't do it all. Right. So Wednesdays was his busy day
0: hard to multitask murdering innocent people all over the place so between
2: I mean that seems like a lot right yeah never on a Wednesday every single other day of the week he did too busy at the time of the murder the Good Times office was located only yards from the residence of Zodiac victim Paul Stein on Fell Street in San Francisco Um,
0: it's a little more affordable (laughs) that's right yeah that's the real deal street yeah where the awesome people live (laughs) right as opposed to the motherfuckers we were talking about before
2: here's some more. Even though Good Times was a counterculture like hippie newspaper, uh, once Gakowski came aboard, he ran free ads for these really weird performances called the Mikado, which is a comic opera that deals with themes of death and cruelty. And there's, in a lot of the Zodiac letters, they reference and quote that same play. Wow. Yeah. So like, it's ob- that sounds obscure, right? I think it is. I've well, never heard of it.
0: I believe it might be Gilbert and Sullivan, the Mikado. Ask Is that them. nerds? Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's
2: a connection. And so so Stein, the cab driver, was killed on, in, on San Francisco's Washington Street. Uh, there's only one guy... Ca- no, they don't... Yeah. No one nobody lives there but Washington. No. <laughs> well there hasn't been a Washington in 25 years. 25 years. <clears throat> oh someone's someone's shirt at the meet and greet last night said, Well, there hasn't been a Karen in Sacramento for 25 years. Literally.
0: <laughs> Isn't that the best? Imagine if people made shirts about your life. That's it's so fucking rad. It's like it's true. And they gave them they gave us one, right? That's right. Because I was like, can I have one? <laughs> She took it off.
2: No, she didn't. Okay, so uh, let's get him out of here. Okay. So there's only one Gaikowski that was listed in the city directory at that time, and that was Richard Gaikowski's cousin. She lived on Washington Street, and her birthday was October 11th, the same day Stein was murdered at the Zodiac. So you think he probably went out there to fucking to the Presidio for his cousin's? birthday party. Brought a nice
0: <laughs> bottle of wine maybe. Brought what did the he editor of the violence newspaper Yeah, what, <laughs> He's like guys I got to cut out early. I love my cousin so much. She is so sweet. That's right. My cousin lives
2: here. I'm going to go bring her I, I thought I Oh yeah, I'm going to go bring Carol a fucking <laughs> bottle of Beaujolais. I don't know what was popular in the 60s. I think that was. That was the, the wine to beat. That's right. Uh I got to go. And then on the way home, he fucking hops in a cab and fucking kills the cab driver. Yeah. It, Boom. Solved. Done. Good, good night.
0: And we're sorry we brought you here. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, and so the other, oh wait. I'm sorry, Carol is not, the, so Carol, who's Paul Stein's sister, the cab driver's sister, actually said that she recognized Guy as having attended Paul's funeral, even though she had no idea who he was. She remembers seeing him at the funeral. Because she had seen him in the, in the neighborhood before or something? No, the, I'm sure the cops were like, did you see anyone at the funeral that wasn't? Oh. Here? And she was like, that fucking dude. Oh. That, who's that guy? And it was, that it was that fucking this dude. dude. Okay. But then again, he was a journalist, so maybe he sometimes just went to,
0: no, you don't fucking just drop into funerals. No. You don't? No, they're the worst. People <laughs> crying and everyone's like, this is, oh my god, I, I'm so sad. Yeah. I, oh, how else do you feel? <laughs> um, can yeah, I ask you a couple questions? That's true. About crying? That's true. Plus, they didn't
2: know it was uh, Zodiac at first. So right. maybe, yeah, okay. Also, this guy is looking good. I know. I like him for it, as uh, they say. Yeah. We're insiders. Yeah. <laughs> We're friends of the cop now. <laughs> That's right. Same as Paul Holes. Mm-hmm. Gajkowski served in the Army in the 1950s, and he trained as a medic, okay, and one of the medic's tactics there was that they learned was to tear the clothing of a bleeding victim to use as bandages if they didn't have access to the proper equipment in the field, and they used the undershirt first with the shirt tailbrink preferred if tucked in because it was, what's it called when it's Clean. 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 Sanitize. I mean not real. Clean, I guess would be a better word. Clean's the perfect word. Clean is a good word. So they so that's what that was the tactic they used. And uh on October 13th, 1969, the San Francisco Chronicle received a letter from the Zodiac containing containing a portion of uh Stein's bloody shirt that was taken from the scene before the cops got there and took credit for the killing. And what was sent was a neat rectangular. Tail piece of the victim's shirt that had been torn off perfectly by the killer. Whoa! So he's only one person, and an army is huge. But still,
0: (laughs) so let's not let it go.
2: Let's jump to conclusions. Okay. Also, the dispatcher who spoke with the Zodiac on July 5th, 1969, named Nancy, she said it was his voice. But I think she said that about a couple of those suspects, so... And it was like 40 years later that she said it was him.
0: All so, right. Are you talking shit on Nancy? No, no. I love Nancy. She's, that's one of the hardest jobs, taxi dispatcher. So, okay.
2: Here's this big thing. So, before he, before she became a victim of the Zodiac, Darlene Farren, she's from Vallejo, California, she got married on January 1st, 1966 and moved to Albany, New York. Okay. Okay. Gaikowski Gakow- followed quickly, moved across the country from Martinez, which is near Vallejo.
0: <laughs> affordable. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's just all in. Tasteful. Tasteful affordable. Affordable. Martinez. <laughs>
2: So uh, Darlene's husband, they moved. They all moved to Albany. Darlene and her husband moved to Albany because uh, he worked at the Albany Times Union newspaper. And when Gaikowski quickly picked up and fucking followed them from Vallejo to Albany, he worked in the same exact same building as her husband at the rival Albany Knickerbocker News. So they both worked in the same fucking building and he later killed her. Okay. Why are you laughing?
0: I don't know what they're doing. But <laughs> here's my question. I think they're laughing at the word knickerbocker, which is kind of lame. No. I thought I said something weird. <laughs> but here's my question. Okay. He's essentially stalking a married couple? I, it just, it, we don't know if they even knew each other, but it's
2: a really weird coincidence yes. that they, these two people's lives overlapped like this, and he, you know, yes. right? Uh, yes. So And he did kill couples. There, You, you said it first. <laughs> so maybe... Um, in August 19, so then in August of 1973, four years after he killed or someone killed Darlene (laughs) Farron, let's just say him,
0: let's just use his last name
2: from now on (laughs) instead of saying Zodiac. Right. Uh, after she was killed by the Zodiac, the Albany Times union newspaper where her husband worked, received a letter pertaining to saying it was from the Zodiac killer and threatening to murder his next victim at a certain time and date. So he sent it to that newspaper.
0: On the fucking East Coast. Yeah. What? Where her for? husband worked? I don't. I don't know. I mean, these are not coincidences. No. There's no
2: such thing. Okay. Except there are. Okay. <laughs> there was spiritual Georgia and then not so spiritual Georgia. <laughs> um. Ba, 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 ba. Okay. Ba, ba, ba. This thing. The cipher. Et <laughs> are you dismissing theories? No. I wrote it all in cipher. I'm trying to. I'm trying to. <laughs> <laughs> what if I wrote the whole thing in cipher? <laughs> Is this This, a challenge? um, It's like a little flag. Um. (laughs) And then there was a red flag and an exclamation mark and an X. (laughs) Don't know what that meant. So in 1971, Gajkowski is involuntarily committed to a mental hospital after, quote, and I don't know who quote who said this, but I bet they were fun, going berserk.
0: (laughs) Did you say he was voluntarily or Involuntarily. Okay. okay. Um, That's a big difference. Again, those Wednesday deadlines, man. Ugh. Those are fucking... It when it's down to the wire, uh-huh. you
2: lose your shit. That's right. Uh, he's committed to... A, when he was committed to a mental asylum for a, a couple years, the Zodiac never wrote any letters during that three-year period.
0: Nothing. Quiet. Coincidence Nada. number 26. <laughs> and
2: then in the cipher where he says he he he'll reveal his name. The four symbols at the end of the sentence is G-Y-K-E, which, uh, is what he would sometimes maybe call him. It doesn't make any sense. You guys, they're just grasping at straws at this
0: point. Hold on. Are you saying he made up his own nickname and it was a, just a bunch of consonants? Okay. So his, his, his last name is, it's <laughs> pretty rad. His last name is Gaikowski, So it's, it's
2: G-A-I-K. So he would sometimes just shorten his name to G A I K or G I K E but G Y K E is in the cipher which, once it's translated I don't fucking know. Um this is it's I, the
0: most convincing one yet. Yeah. Let's well, the first one. Oh. <laughs> oh.
2: <laughs> Shoot. Yeah. Huh. But I agree. Okay. Uh to date his DNA has never been tested against the Zodiacs and uh He was, but he was cleared of fingerprints by the FBI in 1989 because they had fingerprints at this, the taxi driver Stein's. Uh, in blood and uh, he died of cancer in San Francisco on April 30, 2004 and the SFPD have ruled him out as a suspect. Dang it. But the DNA thing is like, so they they got the DNA off the letters off licked stamps and the licked
0: envelopes but what if he had someone else fucking lick them for He him? would absolutely take it down to like a 7-Eleven and just be like, um can I get a pack of Marlboro Reds and really quick lick this? <laughs> just do totally. it and have a weird look in his eye where you, if you worked there, you'd be like, uh Okay. Anything else? Yeah. That and, like, the, it sounds like, like
2: that kind of thing. He liked to fuck, with, obviously, with the cops with these letters. So why wouldn't he fuck with them with, like, fingerprints and his saliva? And, all, like, the, the fingerprints could even be faked. You know what I mean?
0: Well, and also, were they the fingerprints inside a cab where 100 people are all yeah. day, every day?
2: but they might have been in blood. So I don't know what that, you know...
0: It's so complicated, this one. God, this is hard for us to solve tonight. <laughs> but we're going to sit here until we do. <laughs> until we run out of canned wine. I say the piece I like the most is that th- ripping the material. Because mm-hmm. I've never heard that like, yeah. connection before. That's so interesting. Creepy, right?
2: Mm-hmm. All right. And this guy, okay, the next one is everyone's fucking
0: favorite. This dickhead, Arthur Lee Allen. <laughs> yes, God. What a dick. We call right. him Mr. Squirrels. <laughs> really? <laughs> No, I mean from the movie? Oh yeah, remember? No, I don't. Okay, (laughs) clearly. I barely remember anything. Who's he played by again? I know you'd know this. He is, hold, that's going to take me probably ten minutes to think of. No, no, it's the of. comedian who's got, like, the ball. Uh, Arthur Lee Allen? Yeah. No, no, it's the husband from Fargo, the movie yes, Fargo. Yes, yes. It's him, and I do know his Who name because he was? he's my friend Sarah's stepfather.
1: Uh uh Yeah. Weird. And
0: he used, he's super cool, he's a really good actor, and he also used to be the dungeon master for her group's um, Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, yeah isn't that rad? It. So he would be there like, no, you're Elf or whatever, and I was like, I almost am gonna do Dungeons and Dragons. Do you remember his name? It's gonna take me a second.
2: Who did I think it was? It was that comedian. No. Did you think it was Dave Keckner? Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes. Yes, yes, She's talking about Dave Koechner, who <laughs> who is from Anchorman. He's um, the cowboy guy. Yeah. Right? That's, but they look exactly the same. Right. Yes. So it's on them, not yeah. me. And that's it's not your fault in any way.
2: <laughs> okay. Ba ba ba. Arthur Lee Allen. He's born in Honolulu, Hawaii. You guys know where Honolulu is. <laughs> On December 18th, 1933, he's, he becomes the most scrutinized of all the suspects. And he's also the only suspect ever to be served with search warrants by the police, which is crazy. Out of all these crimes, the only person to have fucking gotten a search warrant? That's bananas. Okay. Uh, in our friend Robert Gray Smith's book, he's... Uh, and the Jake Gyllenhaal. F- you know him as Jake Gyllenhaal. Right. Uh, he, and, and the movie, which the movie Zodiac is based on, he's portrayed as the prime suspect played by our fr- friend and stepdad to all. Arthur the, Lee Allen. <laughs> Someone knows it. It's Luth Dobberson. Lou Dobbs? Luth Dobberson. That's not even a name. Luth. Luth. We got it. She's got
0: it. Thanks. I got it. Say it again. Louvre Selberton. <laughs> it's- it's not Lou Salverson, and it's not Lou Silverton. She's doing her best. We'll get it yeah. later. It also doesn't matter. <laughs> we could probably have someone in the front row just Google it real quick,
3: <laughs> same so in. that that
0: person isn't mad. Does anyone want to just be a, st- a, stan-, a stan?
3: It doesn't work when you. Yeah, it doesn't yelling. work.
0: You're, four girls just went. Okay, everybody at the same time. You just. You, can you see it in your mind's eye? Of four people, were like, we're gonna solve this problem. We're going to save this show. Thank you so much. I want everyone right now to come up on stage, and one person—we're gonna yell something to you from the
2: audience, and you have to guess what it is. And no one's gonna. It's to get never it. gonna work. You're, you can't. You hear? It's
0: <laughs> all you can fucking hear. Also, because yes, will you say it? John Carroll Lynch. Lynch. Thank you. Luke, hold on. Did you guys know Danny Google's here tonight? <laughs>
3: He Holy shit. App. He it's, made the app. He's he the, in the inventor studio. of the app.
0: Google, thank you so much. <laughs> okay. Very good. But, was <laughs> Very it worth- good. Bye-bye. Not worth it. Great, no. great exercise. Uh,
2: moving on. <laughs> Okay. Blah, 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 blah. Zodiac. Ellen was questioned by police in 69 and again in 71 after his former friend, because yeah, dude, you wouldn't stay friends with this guy. This guy <laughs> named Don Chaney. He's like, yo, uh, you guys got to look at my friend. We were hunting. And he was like, you know what I want to do one day is kill couples at random. I want to call myself the Zodiac. And I want to use a flashlight attached to my gun to aid in hunting at night and shine in people. Like, he basically was like, I want to do these things, and then went and
0: did them. And Dawn was like, yo, this is for this guy. <laughs> and I he's don't. like, and what do you want to do? Yeah. The, fr- the friend's like, I want to run really far away <laughs> from you. I just don't want to stop screaming ever again. I just, I'm very upset.
2: Also, as we saw in the movie, uh, this asshole wore, a, his watch was a brand called Zodiac and had the famous crosshair symbol. His mom had given him the watch in 1967, like two years before the murder start. He owned the same caliber gun, uses the one in the Zodiac shootings, and he told police he was, the the, the day of the Berryessa attack, like Berryessa attacks. That's right. He, he was like, yeah, no, I had, I had knives in my car that were covered in blood, but I, cause I, I killed chickens. And those chickens were like, no,
0: he didn't. The chickens are in the background. And it's not, this uh-uh. is not true. Yeah. We're um, right here talking. <laughs> So clearly. Clearly, you're dreaming. He
2: also owned a royal typewriter that was similar to the ones that were used in some of the letters. Um, And then he was dishonorably discharged from the Navy, which I guess they wore those military style boots that had the impressions that were at some of the crime scenes and he was also, guys, a fucking pedophile. So even if he oh. wasn't, like I'm listening to this, uh, this like recording of him being like, how, how, like old timey voice, how dare they and I would, I could never kill anyone and I, you know, you, my person can't get a good, uh, innocent, <laughs> and I'm not proven guilty and the whole time it's like, you're a fucking pedophile, yeah. dude, so you don't, You don't get a fucking...
0: You don't get anything. You don't get anything. Goodbye. Goodbye, forever. You know what he gets? Hmm. He gets a trailer full of squirrels. Exactly. Come on, let's talk about that scene from that movie. where Also, because they're in Santa Rosa, which is right by my hometown. Right? Which, if there's anything that perfectly describes Santa Rosa, it's a trailer full of fucking squirrels. (laughs) It's just like... I don't know, do I want to go up there? Do you like loose squirrels in a trailer? Then have that. Let me show you his
2: stupid idiot face. <laughs> oh. It looks just like uh, the comedian from Anchorman,
0: doesn't it? <laughs> it kind of looks like every dude in comedy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm friends, I'm friends with a lot of that guy yeah, on Twitter. I'm, I've drank with this guy a lot. <laughs> I'm like, don't tell me about bands I have to listen to anymore. Uh-huh. I don't want to hear it. Um...
2: So he was fired from his school teacher job for child molestation accusations in 1968, right when the the murder started. His house is located just 10 minutes walk from the payphone at the corner of Spring Road and that other road uh, (laughs) intersection where the Zodiac first made his call to the police. He fucking lives 10 minutes from there. Yeah. It's him. He looks good for it. (laughs) It's him and the other guy, for sure. (laughs) Neck and neck. And then both the Blue Rock Springs attack and the double murder at Lake Herman Road were within 15 minutes driving distance from his house. So he just had a quick little jaunt and then was a fucking murderer. Um, his sister-in-law named Karen... Oh my God, that's crazy! Uh, confirms that her creepiest fuck brother-in-law I she they showed her some of the letters and she was like some of the words he condenses in here my creepiest brother-in-law also condenses so like you know he's good for it also she was like by the way he knows how to uh write he's ambidextrous which is the absolute hardest word just to make up to figure out how to smell, spell or smell um also he she was like let me show you this Christmas card he gave us he spells Christmas like an idiot asshole and an idiot with two s's at the end uh just Christmas like, that's hilarious just like the Zodiac did in his fucking letters oh wishing the police a merry lock Christmas. lock him
0: up lock him up right? let's all begin a chant <laughs> no. he's not here
2: um ba, 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 da, 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 da. um and arthur lee's actual brother ronald he says it's unlike you remember his former friend don who ratted him out his brother was like don wouldn't make shit up <laughs> not his brother <laughs> he was like don doesn't if don says something is true it's true you can believe him wow yeah not his own fucking brother <laughs> Not that insane child molester um he also, Don also confided to the, uh, the brother that, uh, Arthur Lee Allen had made inappropriate advances with his children. So oh. that's probably why they were former friends and he is a murderer. Okay. <laughs> um. It's, yeah,
0: we're on strike
2: 52 now mm-hmm. with this guy. There's a connection with Darlene Farron because she worked at the IHOP. Um, and he loved to hang out there. Also. <laughs> well, I mean, we all do. <laughs> I know. And and he's also a suspect in the Santa Rosa hitchhiker murders, where at least seven unsolved homicides of female hitchhikers in Sonoma County and Santa Rosa in '72 and '73. Mm-hmm. Some of the wires that was used to tie up these victims matched the wires in the uh, Zodiac shit. There was chipmunk hair <laughs> yes. on everything. Right? That's your favorite. Yes. He lived in the area. The et guy cetera. was rodent crazy. Yeah. Um, he was arrested in 1974 for child molestation, and he went to prison for a while, and the Zodiac letters stopped then as well. And then as soon as he got out, uh, like a couple months later, they get another letter. Uh, and then Michael Maggio, who survived the Vallejo attacks pointed him out in 1991 as the dude, but he, you know, he had, he kind of said a couple weird things. So they were like, well, we can't, we can't use this. This asshole dies of a heart attack in 1992. Um, they say, well, he didn't match any of the descriptions. His fingerprints didn't match and, um, his palm print didn't match. DNA didn't match all, saliva, all this shit. um, and But again, could it be that thing of like... It's, it's... trick Yeah, yes. right. The Annals of Unsolved Crime, famed JFK assassination researcher... I don't know what I wrote here. This guy Edward Epstein, and I i think this is fun. Let's go with this. thinks that Arthur Lee Allen could have been responsible for the first two attacks, but a copycat or copycats were responsible for the rest of them, which I think is a cool...
0: I don't know. And don't then the letters think...
2: were all by one person.
0: Yeah, but I, I feel like that they would say that was a copy because the zodiac was so like, pay attention to me yeah. and put this in the newspaper or I'll kill a bunch of kids on a bus or whatever. Like, yeah. I don't think they would allow, the yeah. real zodiac would allow somebody else to like s- step on his shit like that. For sure. Um, and thank you. I'm a professional <laughs> a criminologist, psychologist. Um, so for nearly. F- <laughs> five
2: decades police and and amateur sleuths have tried to to name who he was they can't figure it out Uh, and it's still unsolved here's the final our final suspect I've
1: (laughs) and look
3: (laughs) yes he was not born that is dead
1: on
0: that is dead on absolutely
2: God, it's eerie. It's so eerie. eerie. How creepy? How like someday they'll figure out how he did it when he was not born yet, and a baby. <laughs> yeah, but it's,
0: fuck. I think it's more of intention and what you have in yeah. your heart. Yeah, definitely. That could create ser- serial killing, and when you're a toddler. Yeah, and those are the Zodiac suspects. Wow. That I like. Oh, that's awesome. For it. That beautiful, awesome. beautiful button. Yeah. Thank you. Now we're cooking. <laughs> Murder, And here's the important note, that promo code is all lowercase. So
1: go to shopify.com slash murder and take your retail business to the next level. That's shopify.com slash murder. Again,
0: don't forget, the code is all lowercase. Goodbye. All right. <laughs> I'm going to do the murder of Stephanie Bryan. Ooh. Right? Um, I was going to do... Can I tell this story? <laughs> tell them. But I'm not trying to, Stephen, I'm not shitting on you. I well, swear to God. Don't
2: tell them what it is, because I'm actually doing it okay. tomorrow night. So I'll just keep it general.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. But, because here's what happened.
3: Well, then you should have got tickets to the show. You, you're not in charge.
0: <laughs> we go totally squirrel in a trailer on you. <laughs> <clears throat> no, so, <clears throat> I have this one ready. But when we do live shows, you know, sometimes it's like we don't... We want to stay fun, and we're all live and having a good time you and laughing. We want to laugh at Ted fucking Cruz. Right. It's like, that's You know, fine. we want to have a good time. And so the this one I really like, and it's good, but it's, you know, it is a, obviously the murder... A murder and so I was like last night I was like oh my god I have it I have the perfect one because it's just something that's happened around here that you will find out tomorrow night if you go see Georgia tell her story so I text. If you're going you should plug your ears and then we'll tell everyone else. Yeah that's right um, but I text Stephen at you know, when I'm like mid goldfish, mac and cheese and I'm like, Hey, I want to change my thing. And he's like, sounds great. And I bet you the other end of that story is Stephen was like, I was in a bar or something. Cause then he, um, texted us this morning. He's like, I just checked my files. I screwed up and you can't do that one. Cause George is doing it, which almost never happens.
2: Um, I was like, no, Karen can't have that. He texted me. was like, (laughs) I screwed up and I told Karen she could do it. (laughs) And like, I think he was waiting for me to write back and be like, myself of like, it's okay, I'll figure it out but like, it's, I, it's already in the works there's no way, I can't pick another one and no. I'm like, tell Karen she's fucked I'm not fucked sorry Steven, like sending him to the wolves Like go
0: tell her she's in shit up a creek or whatever I'll just say that I just love the fact that everyone was scared to text me, that's, I'm just saying there's definitely downsides to being a big bitch but there's tons of upsides which is no one says shit to you about anything thank you thank you so much I'm
2: learning that it's fun to be a bitch and just be like well you need to tell Karen yeah, fix she's it. fucked sorry fix it you
0: learn that also if you make daily television where like oh. if somebody f- if somebody fucks up there's often and I'm sure in, in uh, lots of people's jobs if it's like a high pressure job and there'll be people that come to you and they're like um oh, I really screwed up this thing and, whatever. and it's like well that's your problem yeah <laughs> it's the most satisfying you, thing in the world how are you to gonna do. fix it fix it fix it or get fired. So Steven got fired. So Steven is fired. Never talk about him again. No. (laughs) I probably shouldn't have told you any of that, but I like to do a behind the curtain peek into... Anyway. (laughs) Okay. Mm -hmm. So basically this story is, uh, I'm just going to do a retelling of one of my favorite episodes of the TV show A Crime to Remember, (gasps) which is one of the best produced true crime television shows on TV, they basically took the old idea where if you're going to do a true crime reenactment, you know, like we've been watching really shitty, really violent, and, and kind of, I would say, sexist reenactments where like, it's like, do you have to stab the girl in the red bra again? We get that part. They, you said it already. Yeah. Well, a Crime to Remember, basically they do all old um, cases and then they make these beautiful, it almost looks like a movie, where yeah. they do these reenactments that are really gorgeously shot and really well put together so um, it's a great TV show if you haven't watched it already but I know you all have so you're like shut up (laughs) Um, so this uh, takes place in Berkeley in spring of 1955 yes Uh, UC Berkeley the fighting Um, barbacks yep the fighting barbacks (laughs) we really love college sports and we follow all the teams (laughs) that's right and we want to make sure that every city we go to we acknowledge your team we acknowledge your team and we really we uh, you know support your whole college experience which no one gives a shit about (laughs) okay okay April 28th, 1955, uh, Stephanie Bryan's a 14-year-old girl whose family has just moved to Berkeley from Massachusetts about two years before. Her father's a doctor. Her mom is a homemaker. They have five kids. Stephanie's the oldest. She's smart, she's quiet, and she's a rule follower. Um, so when she is not home from school by 4 o'clock, uh, that Thursday afternoon, April 28th, 1955, her mother immediately knows that mm-hmm. something's wrong, immediately. So she immediately starts calling around. She calls the school, and she calls um Stephanie's friends, and nobody's seen her. And then she finally gets a hold of Stephanie's friend, a girl named Marianne Stewart. And Marianne Stewart says, yeah, we walked home. When school got out, we walked to the library, and we checked out some library books. And then we went over to the donut shop, and we checked out some donut <laughs> books. And Great. Yeah, right? Um, you know, the way you kind of, like, walk around your town after mm-hmm. school? <laughs> it's so long ago. Um, so then on, the way, on that walk home, uh, she decides... They, uh, when it comes to like where they're gonna split apart, Stephanie tells Marianne, I'm gonna take this shortcut, and it's over by the Claremont Hotel tennis courts. And so she says, They know those tennis courts. They know how ritzy those tennis courts are. Um, So she says goodbye to Mary Ann, and she takes this wooded path back to her house. Boo. Um, stay out of even the woods in 1955. Just stay out of wooded lanes, even if it looks pretty. Um, stay away from nature of all kinds. <laughs> so by 5.30 Stephanie's dad is home from work and she's still not home and he's like we're calling the police so he calls the police they come over to take the report and of course back then when teenagers weren't home you know after school at the proper time the normal response used to be it's fine and calm down and they'll be back and this this always ends up that they come back but when the the police talk to the Brian family and they get the sense of what this family is like and everything they know something is very wrong and so at 9 o'clock that night they put out an APB for a missing person so this was also it's 1955 which feels kind of late but it was still the time where reporters like reporters would hang out in the police station and listen for APB so they could write stories and they would also go to like if the police were going to serve a, a search warrant mm-hmm. they'd go with the cops and then just stand around ready to like write down stuff that got found like they're the oh. they were right there with everything so um, they, there's a bunch of reporters in the station when the APB goes out. So they hear it. They immediately report that a girl has gone missing, you know, in the afternoon um, that day. And tips come flooding in immediately. Most of the the first reports... Um, talk about a man who was driving erratically with a young girl in the back of the car who matched Stephanie's appearance. Um, and basically the only thing most people could say was that the car was brown and, um, that the man had brown hair and that there was no license plate that they could see. Um, so the police start to theorize that because Stephanie's father is a doctor and they, you know, they kind of live in a nicer area, that maybe her disappearance is kidnapped for ransom. So they tap all of Brian's um phones. And... 32 hours later, a call comes in. So a man demands $5,000 for Stephanie's safe return. And he tells Dr. Brian, you have to meet me. Take, bring this five grand, no cops. And, uh, Dr. Brian, because he's a smart person, is like, hey, all cops, come with me. Uh And, they go down to make this exchange, and they end up arresting an 18-year-old uh-uh. who had nothing to do with it and was hey. basically just Dick. trying to get money from a grieving family. Uh. Yeah. Four days after Stephanie goes missing, a man is driving down Franklin Canyon Road, which is an hour away from Berkeley. Don't act like you know that road. Um... <laughs> He pulls over because uh, he needs to go pee in a field. Uh-huh. And he walks out into this field and finds Stephanie's French book laying out there. Mm. So... Um, police how many people I was thinking this as I was watching it people would have just like tried to pee on the book yeah. and then leave and never talk about it or think about it again Me. <laughs> it wouldn't even cross my mind that that's what that
1: is yeah. for
0: but I will say because because the APB went out so early and because the reporters talked about it so much oh, all yeah. of the Bay Area knew there was a 14 year old girl that had gone missing and possibly was kidnapped everybody yeah. knew it um, was that an attack of some kind or just like something collapsed okay let us know if anyone needs help.
2: Someone was offended that I would pee on a French book. <laughs> Which
0: I understand. This is a tool. <laughs> um, okay, so. So they take this lead and they're searching all over that area. Um, police spend three months interviewing any random creep that has ever done anything even slightly weird in the Bay Area. It must have been fun. <laughs> um. It's
2: just like a, like a, uh, what's it called? A school. Uh, never mind. What? You know when they when they do uh, when they go on a field trip. It was like a field
0: trip <laughs> to creeps. Yeah, <laughs> a police field trip. Yeah, they would all get on a, a little bus. Uh huh. Like, and just go to the to... creep's house. All the the cops would come to you back then. Yeah. And you'd be like, no, 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 stay there, creep. So, so the entire three months though, the, the newspapers talk about it constantly that everyone's still looking and they really keep it in everybody's, in the front of everybody's brain. Mm-hmm. Um, so that July, a 33 year old cosmetologist in Alameda. Right? The best. Love your swap meat. <laughs> <laughs> Love your coastal views. Her name is Georgia Abbott. Uh No one's ever named Georgia. Never. Ever. Twice in one night. (laughs) She goes into her basement to look for a hat. What? To wear to a costume party. She she opens a box, (gasps) and inside it, she finds a red purse that she doesn't recognize. (gasps) So she opens the purse, and inside, she finds Stephanie Bryan's ID card. Yes. So she calls the motherfucking police, and she's like, "Is it
2: is it her house or is it like an apartment building?" It's her
0: own house. Oh, creepy feelings. Who does she live with? All uh, right, uh. we're about to meet them. <laughs> okay. So the so when the when the police come to the uh, Abbotts' house, they. Immediately recognize the purse as Stephanie's from uh, how Stephanie's mother described all the things that she had mm. with her that day, um, and so they question the entire Abbott family. So they talk to Georgia first, and as she's explaining, I went to the costume party, yeah, and like John's so thing. crazy, and then goes there with a the pencil, like no one gives a shit. <laughs> Give me facts. Um, but as she's doing that, she goes, "What was that?" Uh party that we had. Otto? What like party did we come in? And then Otto comes in and he's like, it was a country and western party. Uh, um I'm now doing impressions of the people that were in a crime to remember. This is oh. this is low rent, guys. Um <laughs> Uh, but he get basically answers and they, and so then the cop's like, Oh, well, how long have you two been married? And she's like, Oh, he's not my husband. My husband's in there. And then the cop looks over and there's just a dude in the dining room eating dinner alone as if the cops aren't at his fucking house. Just like, mm-hmm. You think he was eating macaroni and cheese with goldfish crackers on it? It <laughs> could have been. Immediately. But, uh, but using a knife on it where they're like, this is suspicious. This we is don't weird. like this guy. So, there, of course, the cops are like six red flags of like, why why are Otto and Georgia so cozy? Mm. And, um, what is, and who's that fucking guy in the dining room? (laughs) Um, so, uh, that Burton Abbott is her husband. He's a 27-year-old Berkeley accounting student. And uh, he and Georgia have been married for seven years. They've lived in the neighborhood for five years. And Burton's mother, Elsie, also lives in the house. But when the cops ask where she is, Burton says she doesn't like it when people intrude. And so she left. So she, she heard the cops were coming and she noped out. She where skedaddled? Like, hey. <laughs> That's not suspicious or anything. You're not allowed to skedaddle if we no. come here. No, no. Um... So Burton tells police they're not going to find anything because he wasn't even in town that day that Stephanie Bryan went missing. Um, he'd gone up to the family fishing cabin in Weaverville. Uh-huh. Nuh-uh. Prove it. <laughs> I IDs. see. Your, we want your IDs. Pass your ID down to the front, please. <laughs> um, so Weaverville's six hours away and 300 miles away from the area.
2: as a native Californian, I've never heard of it in my
0: life. No. <laughs> Sorry, we it's so great. Um, <laughs> they have cabins. Uh, so the police go check this cabin. Yeah. Uh, which is actually, then I was starting to think of what a bummer that is. Where it's like you get some lead, uh-huh. and then you look at your partner, and you're like, now we have to drive six hours together to yeah. the mountains. I don't really like Should you that much. Should we just say I didn't? Fi- we didn't find anything. Let's just, and then we'll go to IHOP. Let's, let's pre-agree. <laughs> then we go down to where everybody loves to meet. I hop, um, with a B. Okay, so. <laughs> <laughs> that was a bad idea. Whoever's idea that was.
2: But it made for a great joke just now.
0: Right? Okay. Um, okay. So when they go up there, they uh they find no signs of Stephanie or anything around the cabin. Then they go to the restaurant that Burton said he ate at, which is called the Chuck Wagon, which mm. I would fucking kill to go to. So
2: Absol- oh, the baked potato, I bet is I mean It's
0: as big as your arm. And there's just like toppings everywhere. Yeah. Oh. It was the Chuck Wagon was actually only it was strictly baked potatoes. <laughs>
1: And they, there was were, so, a big <laughs> they were so big,
0: you could get into it like a sleeping bag. <laughs> that was part of their. Eat your way out. It was a theme restaurant. You wouldn't understand. So.
1: It was the 50s. <laughs> they did stuff
0: different. They did fun, big, big potato stuff all the time. <laughs> it was a simple time. Now I'm going to want to do that so bad. I'm going to think about it all the time. Because it would be warm. <laughs> but then convenient for eating. Okay. The waitress that works there is like, oh, yeah, that guy was here. She describes what he was wearing, that he said he was wearing. She talks about the conversation that that he had. He basically has an alibi. Hmm. Um, so uh, they head back to the barrier and they basically start at square one. And they're like, we know the Abbots are weirdos. We have to go back there. Oh. There's w- – oh, the reason they said when they were like, well, how would we – Why would anyone find a missing girl's purse in your basement? And they said, oh, it was actually a polling station recently. So hundreds of people have been in that basement. Their basement was a polling station? Apparently. And an unfinished basement. Half cement and half dirt. Goodbye, nightmare. You're like, I'm here to express my right to... Okay, I'm going to (laughs) sit this one out. (laughs)
2: And that's why so-and-so won
0: the election. (laughs) If only we knew political (laughs) things. I don't. Um, Jerry Brown. No, 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 no. Too early. (laughs) Um, okay. So this time when they go back, they go to search the home. Elsie's there. Grandma. (laughs) Grandma's there. Uh Um, and they notice also that Burton's car matches the general description of the car. Look, arrest that motherfucker! Right? Coming out of the ABB um, calls that they got. It's brown, and um, he has brown hair, and it doesn't have license plates good. on it. So they call in a, a really well-known criminologist that was really good, and they have him go over the entire car with a fine tooth comb, like mm-hmm. get anything you can in there, fibers and hairs and things that can't be used in court anymore. Um... <laughs> <laughs> then they begin digging up half uh digging up the dirt part of the of oh. the basement. And as they do it, the reporters are down there with them, like standing around smoking,
1: chilling. <laughs> yes, smoking, smoking in
0: a small basement and mm-hmm. watching other people do hard work. Mm-hmm. And so they're right there when <laughs> they hit upon something Mm-mm. and they pull up the library book Stephanie <gasps> checked out the day that she went missing. Yeah. Shit. And her glasses and her bra. Oh, no. That's all buried in this basement. So now Wait. everyone is looking at Burton Abbott, yeah. of course. Um, and he is very calm and composed and he de- denies everything, which is like he did it the end. Yeah. Um he says he didn't know her. He uh, is a father himself. That someone's framing him. Um, he tells police anyone could have stashed those items right after they voted in yeah. their last <laughs> municipal election. You know that guy who showed up with a shovel to vote. Yeah, I bet it was him. I, you know, here's the thing. I thought he was a miner or maybe <laughs> a gardener. Gardener, maybe. I don't judge people. I want them to vote. Yeah, it's the political it's their process. Right, it's important. So. He, uh, tells the press he's innocent. Uh-huh. He, uh, cause his picture's in the paper as being connected as a suspect. So now he needs, feels the need to talk to the press as well and say, I'm innocent. I'm clearly being framed. Clearly. Um, he says the, he used the word, I'm mourning with Stephanie's family. Um, and he volunteers to give a polygraph test. Um, and the police are like, sounds great. We'll see you there. So, uh, as, he uh, is being given the polygraph test. He basically is asked to retrace his steps for uh, everything he did on Thursday, April 28th. He says he spent the night in um, the cabin, at the fishing cabin. And uh, then when he talks about his route home, he calls it the quote, "zigzaggiest route you ever did see.") I mean, what are you a fucking old-timey something? Perv? Yeah, Get out of here. That's, that alone should be like five years in the slammer. <laughs> sir, you're just not using your head, sir. He also mentions taking a shortcut along Franklin Canyon Road, Uh-oh. which is the same road where Stephanie's French book is found. Oh, Oh, come on, dude. Right, but the polygraph test comes back inconclusive. So... Just as they're ready, the cops are like, we have to start over at square one, start re-interviewing everybody, whatever. They get an anonymous note telling them that it's not Burton, but they need to look closer at Georgia and Otto. So they decide to talk to the one person who hasn't talked yet, and that's Elsie Abbott. Elsie, get your ass out to the dining room. Elsie, you crabby old bitch, get out here. (laughs) 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 <laughs> they In the Crime to Remember thing, they keep showing her. And it looks like she's sewing, but it looks like the, what the director said, well, I can't tell what she's doing. So she's sewing with a big piece of yarn like you used to in kindergarten. Remember to be like... <laughs> You can sew this shape of a rabbit or whatever, but it's like just six pieces of yarn. Yeah. That's, that's what Elsie's doing on the couch. Elsie, no one's buying it. We don't, Elsie, stop fake sewing.
2: <laughs> okay. It makes
0: you look more guilty. It's like and, you're whistling. And old and dumb. Okay. So okay. when the cops sit down with her, she immediately throws Georgia under the bus saying she's a tramp Great. who jumps from man to man. This is very weird. She slut shames her daughter-in-law. Great. Um, and she claims that Georgia has been unfaithful to her son. Um, so then the cops are like, so it could possibly be that Georgia and Otto are having an affair and Otto is Otto did it and he's framing Burton so that he can have Georgia all to himself mm-hmm. and and then kill people as well. Um, wait, they go talk to, talk to Otto's neighbor and Otto's neighbor, um, says that she heard screaming coming from his garage what? on April 28th. Yep. Yeah, and now her shovel and hoe are missing I from the garage. Hey, just bring this up, neighbor. Should, this is one of those neighbors that's like, oh, I have to remember to talk to the police about <laughs> the screaming. And she's like, oh, guiding lights on. I'm just gonna, <laughs> she's that lady. Okay. So right. the so police, her, shits, br- her fucking shovel's gone. Her shovel's gone. Her hoe is gone. They're screaming. They're screaming. That needs to be discussed. Mm-hmm. Um, who doesn't immediately be like, listen? They're screaming, and it's in a garage. Yeah. So zero things are happening that could be good. Yeah. Could you please bring over a blowtorch? Yeah. And every gun that you have. <laughs> As a favor to me, the neighbor. Um, when they bring Otto into the police department, he denies having a sexual relationship with Georgia, and he says everything his neighbor said was a big fucking lie. Uh-huh. And he says that he was paying a traffic ticket in Alameda at the time of Stephanie's disappearance, which is, of course, proven to be true. So he has a rock solid alibi. Mm. And so the cops are at another dead end. And then this grizzly old crime reporter named Ed Montgomery, he's been following this and reporting on it the entire time. And he's convinced that there's something at that cabin. So he goes up to, back up to the cabin in Weaverville. Woo, woo. And. <laughs> He brings, um, a photographer with him mm-hmm. and they start walking around and they walk around the, um, grounds of the cabin and just searching everywhere. Cause it's just all overgrown mm-hmm. and they do it all day long. And then finally he goes, you know what, we're, let's get some bloodhounds up here. <gasps> so they, um, bring bloodhounds up and the dogs immediately pick up a scent. Within 330 feet of the cabin they find a saddle shoe sticking out of the dirt (sighs) and they then discover the body of Stephanie Bryan.
2: Oh my god. Because This reporter was like, here's how police work happens. (laughs) (laughs) Well...
0: Or it's the thing of, like, obviously they knew somebody in that family uh-huh. was doing something. Uh-huh. And so they were just like, well, if we found all this other evidence in their goddamn basement, yeah. we have to keep trying to be in this house. Yeah, yeah. So I think he was just like, well, let's just go explore up here. Sure. I'm trying to defend him for some reason. He's long dead. <laughs> um, okay, so they put together, the in the coroner's report, they find out that she had been killed basically right after her abduction. Yeah. Um it was bl- a lot of blunt force trauma mm. um and they found her underwear were ar- like around her throat Oy like she'd bay. been strangled with them um so they go and arrest Burton Abbott um and her body was too badly decomposed to conclusively prove she'd been raped but they did charge him with rape and murder yeah. kind of anyway yeah. um so when it, when he goes to trial he gets there and he's acting like he it's like his first day on the red carpet. He's smiling oh. and joking with reporters and like ch- being really charming and stuff the and reporters
1: everyone's are like Get away from me please. Um
0: <laughs> so uh not acting like someone who's about to face the death sentence. Right. Um so there's no evidence that directly connects him except for the circumstantial evidence of it being in his polling place home. Dude. Um so, but the par- prosecution argues that Burton Abbott attempted to rape Stephanie Bryan. And when she resisted, he killed her. And he got on the stand and testified for four days. Oh shit. I know. He said, I have nothing to hide. I'm innocent. I will confess. I will not confess to a crime I didn't do. And he was very calm and soft spoken and saying, this is a monstrous frame up. Mm. Um, the jury was out for seven days. They came back. And they found Burton Abbott guilty of first degree murder. He's given the death sentence and they send him to San Quentin. Yay. So. Oh. I'd, I'd hold. Personally, I would hold, but you can. Guys, it's also good to express your feelings in the moment. She's got bad news for us. I've got bad news for everybody. Uh. Burton's execution is scheduled to take place uh, at 11 a.m. on March 15, 1957. Okay. So, basically, it's a very boring explanation, but he goes through... There's an automatic um, appeal process if you get the death penalty mm-hmm. back then. Um, but then that's denied, and then his attorneys appeal... Um, Directly, they try to then do another one to the governor. Um, but Governor Goodwin J. Knight—oh, well, that's what I was going to say. It was yeah, <laughs> you know, that's that's the name you're going to tick. Was on there. Um, Goodwin J. Knight, the great governor of California in 1957. You remember him <laughs> with the big mustache? <laughs> he was out at sea on a naval ship, just fucking around. So <laughs> there's people getting uh, killed uh in jail and people are trying to contact him and say maybe this is entirely circumstantial therefore maybe he stays in jail for the rest of his life but we don't kill him and they can't get a hold of him there's a phone on the ship and every time they call there's two phones on the ship both lines are busy who's who, on the phone who is gossiping on the phone what naval reserve girl you would not believe hold on <laughs> yes he just puts one down uh-huh yes the navy <laughs> um Space work and character work. Amazing. Um truly. So they the lawyers hold a press conference so that on TV they can say, we're trying to get a hold of the fucking governor, <laughs> and he's on a navy ship doing crazy ass shit. And can he ha- please phone back hang at. up the phone? Hang up the phone. Oh my god. Um so it works, and he calls it. <laughs> Jeez. So, this is at uh, 9 o'clock in the morning, and he ends up granting a one-hour stay on the day of the execution. That's almost like a prank. It's not cool. No. Yeah. So, then, it's basically, it's denied. Um, The Supreme Court, like, a writ comes through. It's all shit I don't understand. (laughs) I want to say it. I can't do it with confidence. Let's skip it. Great. Um, But then they try another route uh, going to the federal level. It's denied as well. So they call the governor again. The lines are busy again. Dude. Uh. <laughs> it was it was the Pacific Bell Navy ship that they just had. <laughs> um, oh, that's an old reference. Um, it's fucking, I'm so. Maybe, a, how about a call waiting
2: reference? Like, like
0: needed to get call waiting. They should have done Star 69, Star 69. and then found out who was calling. They had a hamburger phone. The phone <laughs> just like a hamburger. Oh, Juno. So, so finally they have the, uh, this is a classic thing. I don't know if anybody remembers before call waiting. You would, if you were on the phone with your friend, mm-hmm. sometimes if like your mom's friend really needed to call for some mm-hmm. reason, they'd have an operator break into the call. Mm-hmm. So somebody would like click and be like, get off the fucking phone, you seventh grader. That's right. That <laughs> happened to me. Yeah. So that's what they have to do on the nutso Navy ship where everybody was communicating. So at 1112, Governor Knight calls the warden and grants Burton Abbott a stay of execution. Here's the problem. They had started walking Burton Abbott down to the gas chamber And he was in the chair, and uh, exactly on time at 11.15, while the warden and the governor are still (gasps) chit-chatting away on the phone, Uh -uh. they drop 16 (gasps) sodium cyanide pellets. When does Ashton Kutcher pop out and go, pranked? (laughs) Guys, don't even freak out. Never. They The gas drops. It begins to fill the chamber. Burton Abbott takes a big, huge gulp of breath and holds his breath. (gasps) The warden, the governor's like, look, I'll stay. We can do a stay. And the warden goes, it's too late. (laughs) Wow. Thank you. It is good storytelling, isn't it? I've ripped it off directly from a television show. I'm just like the girl in class that won't pay attention. It's like, did you see a crime to remember last night? I'm going to tell you about it from scene one to scene 22. Basically, he tells the governor it's too late. Burton Abbott runs out of air, takes a breath, and dies in the what gas fuck? chamber. Yes. Oh, I haven't shown you any pictures. God damn it. I was going to ask you for photos. I to shame you. Oh, guilty. You didn't want to shame me yeah, for you not, didn't not have showing photos? pictures? There he is, denying,
2: denying, denying. I had nothing to do with it, even though I said I was at that cabin and her body was there. S-
0: somebody else buried that uh, crucial evidence in my basement. hmm Hey,
2: see? We're policemen. We're in the see?
1: Look over there. Look over
0: there. I'm going to squat over here and you look over there. Yeah, you go pee on a French book. Why aren't we smoking? Aren't we required to be smoking? (laughs) Uh, The coffee breath on these two individuals. (laughs) Truly. They both sat up all night in a humongous Ford. (laughs) <laughs> Just like sitting in, the, in a Ford. Smoking, eating pistachios. Smoke, smoking. Smoking and spitting for no reason. Oh, yeah. 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 Okay. Great job, guys. You love um, it. You did it. Oh, this is Elsie. Oh. oh, My daughter-in-law's a slut, she says. Okay. That's her. I don't like it when people intrude in my house. Yeah. Who does? Elsie. Okay. Great. I think we're on the last page. One moment. Okay. Um, Elsie Abbott, Burton's mother, believed that until her death at a hundred years old that he Whoa. was innocent. Um, she said that Burton was weak and slight and had TB as a child and half a lung, which proves that he could not have killed or carried or buried Stephanie. Oh, honey, I have bad news for you. Mm. He did all of those he things. He did it. Um, she said she thought the, she after his death comes out with this theory. She thinks it's her own brother, a truck driver in San Leandro named Wilbur Moore, right? You guys know. Um she she basically says her own brother did it and not her son. Mm. Um it's later revealed, this is the big twister roo, that Elsie Abbott was actually the first person to find that red <gasps> purse in the box in the basement. Two months before Georgia found it, and she just never said anything. Honey, she why was would like, you huh, do that? Blinders over my oh, eyes. another purse I found, like the one I found in my son's b- room. This oh. woman was covering. All right. Wait,
2: she found it in the room initially?
0: No, that's right. I'm making up lies Shit. about his childhood. Okay. Hey. Because I'm convinced that he did it. Hey. The San Francisco Chronicle called this murder one of the most. Perplexing, uh, cases in the, in the age old, in the age old annals of crime. And that is the Stephanie, that is the murder, sorry, of Stephanie O'Brien. Wow. That is bananas and so sad and twist-a-roos. Sad. And then also, it's not satisfying because then you're like, oh, there's potentially two innocent people died or. Do you think he, D- did it? Yes. Okay.
2: Uh, <clears throat> the thing of him holding his breath. Okay, anyways. I know,
0: it's really dark. Bananas. Do we have time for a hometown? Yeah, let's do a hometown murder. <laughs> oh, look who it is. Oh, it's Vince. Vince Averill, everybody. Vince Averill. Say hello. The podcast's husband. How's it going back there?
2: It's good. Uh, it's come to my attention that the term "hella" originated oh, in Oakland. What?
0: In honor of that, let's keep this hometown hella tight. <laughs>
2: okay. I'll be
1: thank right Thank you. Okay. okay, thank you.
0: Okay, so that's we're going to do you a couple rules really quick. I know you know them, but this is important. It needs to be local. Oakland would be ideal Um but definitely, barrier. we don't give a shit what happened in Wisconsin. <laughs> don't tell us about it. Uh, obviously, it needs to be quick because we have to get out of here at a certain time. So very we need you need facts I need to be beginning, middle end those facts. It's great when you know what happened at the end, so like a button of some kind. Um, you can't be so drunk that you can't follow your own line of thought. That's important in life in general, mm. but especially up here tonight. And just remember if you get picked that everyone hates you, so you have to go fast, yeah. Okay. i picking. Yeah, do it. Okay. Who do we got?
2: Do you have one, Pillow Lady? Yeah. Okay. Come on up. Yeah, yeah. The Pillow gal.
0: Go over there. Fast. Quick. Uh, Quick. And bring that pillow for me. Immediately. I say fast six times, and she jumps up and down with the pillow. <laughs> we don't have pillow jumping time here. Where's I like to down? add a little extra pressure. She just ran out of the theater. <laughs> She's running to that canned wine. Oh, there she yeah. is. So am I. Come here. Get out of here. Come here. <laughs> that was fast. Hi, Hi Heidi. I Come over here. I have What's your cat cat name?
1: shirt on too.
3: What's your name? Um, Heidi. Hi, oh Heidi. <laughs> yes,
1: nice to now. meet you here. Come here.
3: Okay. Oh, let me hold this. Yeah. Okay. That's that's Willis. Willis, I love Willis. Where are you from? <laughs> okay, I'm not from Oakland. Goodbye. But from- no, no, okay. no, okay. no just I'm just from California, though, and okay. this is really good. Where are you from? Um, I'm from Bakersfield. let's hear it okay so i'll go fast i've told the story a lot of times i was in seventh grade and um my grandfather um had been in the news because he misappropriated some government funds um, Uh, that's a good start that's That's a good start start. (laughs) so he was on dateline and that was not good in high school but anyway that was okay so but so is this what the cat's about what is this no is this about the cats no I'm just saying is that why you oh. need a cat oh, okay it's yeah, fine okay. I was making a light joke no I yeah. shouldn't
0: have interrupted it's you
3: okay. Go it's okay oh, <laughs> so anyway so we lived out in this my dad's a farmer we live on the farm and this house way out in the country which happened to be Merle Haggard's old house does anybody know Merle Haggard yeah, yeah. sure yeah okay so Merle Haggard lived on our farm he bought some acreage and he Anyway, then his wife drowned in the river. What? You guys know the Kern River song, and she drowned. Whoa. And so then he sold the house back. Okay. And so we lived in his house, which was in the shape of a horseshoe, which is crazy. <laughs> and it had a guitar-shaped pool in the middle of it. Okay. It's crazy. And um, it had been abandoned. Well, not abandoned, but like nobody lived in it for seven years, and then we moved in it because my dad had to come back to Bakersfield because of the whole like lawsuit. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, we it. so he's working on the farm. But so my gov- my dad. Anyway, our family was in the news, which is not good for junior high but um so then people didn't like our families part of the time and so my parents were out and I was at home with my brother who was in eighth grade and John Bellini who was his friend and I thought John was so cute and um, <laughs> my other sister who's special needs she was asleep and my other sister who's even older she was out with her boyfriend and my parents were at a party we we're playing Monopoly and we start getting these phone calls like we know that you're playing Monopoly. <gasps> Who's your friend that's over? And like, your sister Erin is asleep. Where's Kara with her boyfriend? And we're like, oh my God, like, this is so cool. Like somebody, you know, like, <laughs> somebody wants to get us. But no, this is before cell phones so then my parents come home and we're like, mom, dad, oh my God. Like somebody's going to kill us. And so they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So then the phone calls keep on coming and we're still like, oh my God. And my dad goes upstairs to the top of the horseshoe. And I'm at the bottom of the horseshoe <laughs> And I hit the phone rings again, and I'm like, I'm going to pick it up and listen. And my dad's like, the guys, like, I'm coming out. And he also said he was going to like rape us and oh my all God. that stuff. Like, he knew all of our names and he knew what we were doing. And so my dad's like, okay, motherfuckers, if you come out here, like, cause he's a farmer, he's like, I will kill you because yeah. I have guns. That's right. And so, so then the guy's like, okay, I'm coming. So phone <gasps> calls stop. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So then in the meantime, my oldest sister comes home with her boyfriend, Gino Valprado And yeah. Gino was super cool. He yeah, like we know Gino. <laughs> yeah. And so we're like, so they come up and we're like, oh my God, I need a couple of this. Yeah. Now they're coming. My mom's like, everybody go to bed, stop it. <laughs> and so so and that was like midnight because Kara's, yeah, it was probably like twelve thirty. She's probably late, so it's probably twelve thirty. And so then close the door, Gino. I think they kiss and then just walk out. It's This was like the old school 70s mansion with like 200 yard driveway, light drive. Yeah. 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 Big red iron gate. And then door, like Gino's like pounding the door. He's like, oh my god, let me in, let me in. A car just rammed down the gate. Oh shit. So this car comes tearing down the driveway. And, like the horseshoe, like the outside horseshoe is all windows. And the car just comes up and shines like in the windows. And my dad, he just comes down in his boxers with guns. And he's just like, he's like, John Delaney poor kid. is probably like, what, are you in eighth grade? Like 13, 14? Yeah. He's like, here's a gun. Son, have you ever used one? Gino, here's a gun. Like, Jamie, here's a gun. And like, and I think John's like, son, what do you mean? <laughs> like, you know, and he's like, girls, get your sister Aaron, who's special needs. And like, you don't wake up, Aaron. Right. And so that was we not know. good. So we're like, Aaron, we have to go to the top of the horseshoe and get locked in. And so then my mom's on the phone with 911 and they're giving us keys, because we're we're farmers too. So like, here's keys to the to the ATV and here's keys to the truck. And if somebody comes, you just go down squirrel Care Case and just drive. Just drive. And so they, <laughs> <my God. laughs> so, so then my mom. And then we hear a gunshot. And my mom, like, she drops the phone, so I grab it. And the the lady's like, there's gunshots. Get your father inside. Well, I was still upstairs. So anyway, the police come. We're on a farm with all these oranges and whatever. There's a big car chase. And they never found him. What? (laughs) Did anyone get shot? No. They never found him? But John Valeni was never allowed to come over ever again. (laughs) Shit. Oh, my God. Hands
0: down, my favorite hometown of all time. Easy, easy, Heidi. You fucking are you kidding me? Our gift to you tonight is that you get a podcast. Yes, you get a podcast. You broke every rule and you nailed it like (laughs) unbelievably. That was amazing. Oh my god! Great job. So good, Heidi. Everybody, (laughs) just. Jesus. in the end. yeah. so.
2: Of course the girl with the, f- I don't know why I picked the one person with a cat pillow and I was like, this will be normal. It'll be yep, great. That's
0: what we're going to do from now wow. on. Oh my God, that's my favorite story I've ever heard. <laughs> it's fucking, yeah. she must be scared of like cars and headlights and fucking Horses. keys and guitar-shaped pools. Yeah. Merle Haggard, Heidi Jesus. Heidi nailed it, Heidi. amazing. Wow. Oh my
2: God. That oh, was beautiful. Oakland, you angels. This. This show, show has babies. been amazing. Thank, Thank you, you so, so much.
1: much. <laughs> that was next level. It was Thank you for
2: welcome. It's been a while since we've been here and we appreciate you guys welcoming us back. We fucking love it here. We love the Bay Area. It's one of our favorite yeah. places to be.
0: Yes it's very um it's for me it's very exciting because it's kind it's like coming home and being here with you guys and um being here at the paramount not working at the gap on upper market but instead being here <laughs> yeah in a fancy theater doing basically my favorite thing i've ever yeah. done for a living in my life which is doing this podcast with georgia hardstark and fucking talking about true crime which we all love so much and we used to think we weren't allowed to say we loved it and now we can say whatever the fuck we want and it's the best Yay! thank you guys yeah thanks for
1: letting us fucking do this it's amazing
0: we love you guys thanks for being here and thanks for being so good to each other keep it up it's important especially these days stay connected talk to each other it's so cool to watch you guys all becoming such great friends it's just this is all so exciting and we're so thrilled so thank you for everything stay sexy and die